Hello, welcome to Margaret and Mike Explain Things to Me, the podcast where we may not know what we're talking about, but we'll sure explain the heck out of it. So, Mike, how are you today? Oh, just wonderful. How about you, Margaret? I, um, we're, we've, this is like the third time we've attempted to record this opening. Yeah, it's been like a half an hour or so since we... We're like, we're going to come, we're almost ready to go, and then it's like every, uh, technology has been causing problems. Mm-hmm. Um... Mostly, everything's fine, but it just took a while. We're okay now. This computer is too old. I need to I need to do a lot of work on it. Mm-hmm. Um, but where am I going to find the time to work on my computer? I have to, like, install hardware in it. Ugh. Okay. Uh, anyway, part of the reason we don't have time is because we have two small children and have a lot of jobs. Mm-hmm. And then I sometimes leave town for the weekend. I don't do it very often. I did it this time, though. So Yeah. Mike, you were dealing with two children, mostly by yourself. Uh-huh. So were you able to squeeze in any time for culture? Well, my culture and my internet thing are the same thing this week. Oh, okay. What do you have there? All right. So um, I was looking on Twitter like I do when I have a minute. Or you don't have a minute. Uh, There's this reporter for Vox.com named Brian Resnick who brought my attention to an interesting tourist attraction here in in a natural bridge, Virginia. Okay. Is it a natural bridge? Uh, no, no. I'm, I'm just going to hand this to you and I want you to describe what it is you're seeing here. Oh, I, I saw the, I, I guess I saw this already. So this is, um, a stegosaurus being milked by someone in kind of an old timey farm outfit and, um, like kind of bowl, bowl cut. Mm hmm. So, Um, yeah, so there are a couple things that are kind of crazy about this. First of all, and probably most importantly, dinosaurs aren't mammals. Well, yeah, well, let let me, uh, let me explain the story behind this to you. This was created by a man named Mark Klein, the Barnum of Blue, Barnum of the Blue Ridge, who has a couple of different tourist attractions around that area in Virginia. It's called Dinosaur Kingdom 2. And basically, it's a museum of stuff that didn't actually happen. So the story uh, behind the museum is that a mad scientist travels back in time, Civil War, gives Stonewall Jackson uh, a super long robot arm to find buried treasure, but Stonewall um, might keep the money if he finds it. And meanwhile... Cannon blasts from the Union Army have awakened dinosaurs in the Natural Bridge Caverns. So the mad scientist sends an army of Mr. Slimes, I don't know what those are, to fight the Union Army, who are trying to train the dinosaurs to fight the Confederate Army. Okay. And basically, uh, this guy got a bunch of statues Uh from an old Civil War museum and statues from some sort of dinosaur exhibit and uh put them together put them together and made up a story and now it's a real place you can visit okay that's pretty weird is there a natural bridge somewhere i'm assuming they call it natural bridge because there is or was a natural bridge at some point have you ever driven around the blue ridge parkway no i haven't it's it's very pretty um yeah well that's pretty good that's your culture and your internet thing yes well, how could that be culture? How could it <laughs> okay. not? Okay, what a dumb question I just asked. All right, so what you so basically you're saying your culture is you 
read a silly article on on Twitter while you were trying to deal with small children. Yeah, and okay. now I, I want to learn more about this guy. So apparently, there's a lot of wild stories about him. And I'm curious now. So, what about you? What do you have? Well, I got lots of time to read. I will mm-hmm. be the first to admit. Mm-hmm. I just got a, a look from you. Um, but I, so I read. I finished a book. Um, the sequel. Well, I was two. Th- I'll just talk about both the books I started reading on the trip or, or finished on the trip. Um, so we very much enjoyed my family and other animals a couple of years back. And then they made a show out of it called the Durrells and Cor- Corfu. Yes. And then there's two more books in the Corfu. Well, it's a trilogy. So there's two more books after the first one. Um, so the second one is birds, beasts and relatives. Mm-hmm. So I finished that one. How was it? It was entertaining. Um, there were a lot of things they had in the show that I thought were going to be in the book, but were just like, not, not really. They just made up hmm. a whole, like, Okay. Certain characters, like the character existed, but they used them in a completely different way. Um, and like didn't, you know, nothing, nothing in the show actually happened in real life. There were a couple things that happened more or less as hmm. occurred in there, but not very many of them. Um, you can read it since you're reading my nook right now. It's on there. Okay. So you can, you can read it too if you want. Then there's another one called the garden of the gods, I think. Um, and that one is the third one and I'm still waiting for it on the hold list. All right. I did have it out before, but I didn't get to it in time. So it disappeared. Um, so, yeah, that was one thing. And then the other thing that I started reading at about, let's say I started reading this book at something like 11.30 p.m. or something, which is not the right hmm. time to read it. Um, it's I'll Be Gone in the Dark, which we I think we talked about before when you read the first half of it. Yeah, now I'm reading the second now half. Now you're reading the second half of it. It's still good. Yeah. So that was one I basically couldn't put it down once I started reading it. So I yeah, started reading Yeah, everyone really loves that book. In the hotel. And then even though I was, it was up too late and it was really scary, I kind of read a little more. And then on the plane... On the way back, uh-huh. I well, I will say I did screw on when I was waiting at the gate with my flight an hour and a half late. Uh-huh. I could have been doing all kinds of reading, but they have free internet at the Philadelphia airport, mm. and my phone was pretty well charged. And then I would walk over to the charger and ch- uh-huh. plug it in for a little bit and come back. Um, and yeah, that was that was good. Well, you got to call us that way too. That was nice. Yeah, I did. Um, yeah, to so show those, our kids the Philadelphia airport. It did take off Monday to finish reading the book. That wasn't the only reason it took off Monday, but that was... Yeah, you got it pretty late. That was part of the reason. So did you, apparently. Uh-huh. Um, I, I can't imagine those yawns are only going to increase when we actually get into our topic. So, yeah, I also did, like, things of actual cultural merit in Philadelphia, but, uh-huh. you know, what, whatever, we'll get to it. Okay, well, so we can get to our other things that you've already done yours. Yeah, so let's just skip to yours, then. Okay, so this is not a new thing, but I this is something I'm extremely confused about, and I need to explain to me. So this is um, this is a, a meme that I don't understand. So you sent me a thing, and this is I'm asking you because one day ago mm-hmm. you sent me this tweet saying the Philippines Department of Science and Technology DOST took the "Is this a pigeon?" meme by citing the source of the screenshot, the exact episode where it came from, in standard APA citation format. So I don't understand what the is this a pigeon meme. I don't I've seen it. I've seen people do lots of jokes with it, but I still don't understand. Well, let, let me try and explain to it okay. based on what I know. Okay, so um, Do you want to look at the picture just to It's a frame from a television show called I The don't Brave know. Fighter of Sun Five Bird Episode 3, All Members in Space Police. <sighs> 
Yeah, and there's one of the characters who's walking around confused about stuff. I don't know why. And he sees a butterfly and he says, is this a pigeon? Okay. So, so people are labeling like themselves or someone else as the person and... Oh, okay. And then the butterfly as They're the thing misidentifying obvious. things. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You got it now. Okay. So in this case, what I'm the one I have here is me as researcher is the guy. Uh-huh. The butterfly is Philippine Journal of Science. And then is this open access? Uh-huh. I I okay, I think I get it. Because it's obviously not open access based on context clues. So, oh, okay. So yeah. okay, that I guess makes more sense. Yeah. Um, That's all. No, but then this says, oh, because the thing is, the Philippine Journal of Science is an open access journal. So the other people replying to this tweet were like, well, they got it backwards. They did. Like they messed up the meme. (laughs) Which is why. At least they cited it correctly. I guess that's why you shouldn't try to be cool, guys, because you're just going to get it wrong. Yeah, I guess so. Anyway, I feel like that was like. Four meme memes cycles ago. ago. I know. I just it was kept people keep doing it, and I just like I never understood it. I could have probably figured it out, but I didn't put the time into looking it up. So I I needed this explained to me. So mm-hmm. the the point of this podcast is for us to half under explain things that we barely understand way when they're super not relevant anymore. So all right, yeah, we got it. Mission one. accomplished. Yeah. All right. Well. In the interest of time, because we could not get this podcast recorded, mm-hmm. let's move on to our really exhilarating main topic, which was your idea from a couple weeks ago. We ended up talking about skincare. Oh, but I do know a lot more about skincare now. I've actually we'll have learned, to have a follow-up I, Yeah, I actually do kind of know what I'm talking about. Okay. Well, um, I'll, I'll, I'll ask you for help in two weeks. Yeah, I've been learning a lot. That was the main thing I learned in Philadelphia was skincare tips. Okay, good. I All joined right. Sephora points now. Uh, okay. <laughs> I'm not gonna. <laughs> well, get me something too, I guess. I I'm Think just. I have combination skin now. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah, but I'm I'm solely gonna buy stuff from CVS. Okay. Yeah, you know. Well. Or Walgreens. Sorry, Walgreens. Don't want to leave you out of this. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Yeah, we're talking about Microsoft Excel. Now, why is this a topic you wanted to talk about? Well, I've been having a problem at work, and a bunch of people in a d- bunch of different positions, that some of whom I'm not in charge of, are all having serious issues figuring something out. And any time anyone made a mistake with that, people would come running to me and they'd say, Mike, why aren't you doing that? Why aren't you figuring this out? Mm-hmm. It's up to you. To figure this out for everyone. Even the people whose job it literally is to figure things out for everyone. Okay. So I think Are you allowed to tell these government secrets on air? Yeah, yeah. Okay. This is this is something that's part of the law. Alright. Um yeah. here's what it is. In order to qualify for Medicare, okay. you have to be entitled to disability benefits for twenty four months. Okay. So we need to count to twenty four. Usually, that's just that's like add not two when you're years. retired, right? No. Okay. This is Medicare for like disabled people. Okay, and that's different than Medicaid. Yeah. Oh, right, because Medicaid is for Medicaid is a state program. Yes, right. Medicare is federal. Okay. All right. If you qualify for both, Medicaid pays for your Medicare. Okay. Oh, all right. Yeah. Okay. 
Sorry, this is something I get confused And then about. sometimes they stop doing that and don't tell people, I'm getting off topic now. Okay, well anyway, so what are you trying to do? The calculation you need to do. But there are some cases where a person is qualified for, they're qualified for benefits for less than 24 months. Okay. So like seven months. Okay. And then their disability benefits stop because they went back to work and then they start again. They start their disability again? Yeah, like two years later or something. Okay, so do, you, do they get credit for those seven months? Yes, oh, but nobody good. knows how to calculate that. It seems, wait, I don't even understand why that would count. What if it's a different disability at that point? Only if it's the same disability. Oh, okay, okay. All right, this is not making more sense, but it's kind of making more sense. So the idea is if you really made a good faith effort to go back to work, but you truly were, like, that disability really was keeping you out of work. Yeah. Like, you don't get in trouble for that, like, you don't lose that time that you really did try to go back to work. Right. Okay. I think I see the point of it. So the, there's one group of people whose job it is to figure that out, and there's another group of people who I'm in charge of whose job it is to identify when that's happening and ask for help with it, because it's not their job to figure that out when the Medicare starts. Okay. But nobody knew until I brought it up with them what to look for or that they needed to do this. Okay. Can you please at some point explain what this has to do with Excel? I want to make an Excel spreadsheet that will count to 24 with a gap in the middle, 24 months. I mean, it doesn't seem that hard. Okay, so like, no. let's say there's seven months. I could just count that on my fingers, right? Couldn't I? People keep screwing it up, though. Oh, okay. That's I mean, why. I know you could count it on your fingers, okay. but, like... <laughs> I mean, I, maybe I couldn't. Okay, so you think that if you just added it up in Excel, it would be easier for people? Yeah, if we have the date of entitlement, the date they became entitled to Medicare, termination, the new date of entitlement. And it could tell you, like, how many months had elapsed. Or whatever. Yeah. Okay. And it says Medicare starts in March 2018. So how did you, have you made that, such a spreadsheet yet? I have no idea how to do that. Do you? Oh, okay. Yeah, I could absolutely make a spreadsheet like that for you. Okay. Um, yeah, so like, let's talk Excel then. Yeah. Um, I, well, I mean, I can't tell you right now how to do it, but I can, if I sat down and looked at the formulas for a little bit, I could figure it out. <laughs> How, how do you, how do you, what, what do you do with the formulas? Okay. What are they? You know how to add things up, though, like just a column of numbers, right? Equals X plus Y, yeah. Well, no, not really. That's um, how you do the sum in one cell. If you want to... Yeah, if you want to add up just numbers in one cell. Yeah, you can make cell. it the sum of H1 and H and G1 or whatever, yeah. Yeah, but if you want to add up a column, you do the first one, and then you do colon, second one, yeah. inside a sum. Like, you do equals, sum, parentheses, you know, but you can, usually I do it by highlighting the whole thing and, you know, doing an auto sum or whatever. Uh -huh. Sometimes you need to just be a little more complicated, like skipping certain periods of time. Yeah, I and, do. Yeah, okay. We'll work on that later. We're not going to, we're not going to create that spreadsheet uh, live in, in the podcast. Okay, good. It's kind of late already. Um, so you don't, you, do you use Excel for things ever? Like, don't they have... We use Excel at work a lot. Yeah, but do they have, do they give you things with, with the, um... Yeah, they have... Formulas already done for you. Yes, usually they do. Okay, so some guy in Baltimore. So basically this is a spreadsheet you're given from somebody else to do something. Yeah, the Kansas City has the best people, but that's neither here nor there. Okay, 
So guys, if you ever want some social security spreadsheets done, head on down to Kansas City. Um, okay. Well, yeah. So you probably use it just for math, basically, right? Yeah, okay. exclusively for math. That's all we really need it for. So I use Excel all the time, but hardly ever for math. What else can you use it for? Oh, my goodness. You can use it for all kinds of things. So I will say, I mean, there are statistics that various people do. Um, I sometimes do them. Uh-huh. But I used to spend a lot of time doing statistics for, like, how often a certain database is used or a certain journal is used. Um, and so, again, I don't actually do that. But, no, but basically, you would, like, go to these websites, download an Excel spreadsheet, take those numbers, copy them into a different one, and then do some calculations, like find out how much you're paying for that database, and then divide up the cost per... Cost per use. Yeah, the yeah. cost per use. So you do that in a, you know, for each database. Um, right. That's a lot. More often than not now, I use it purely for transferring data from place to place. Huh. Because Excel gives you a nice way to have structured data that you can have a heading and you can um, download in various forms or import things in various forms. So CSV is kind of the comma separated value is a format that's kind of platform and tool agnostic. And that's kind of the, if you're going to take a spreadsheet and use it for like long term storage that mm-hmm. was safe from, um, you know, like relying on a particular program, you, you make it a CSV file. So we have a lot of those we, we transfer on places. But yeah, it's like I have a lot of files where I fill in like all the metadata for all the, a bunch of things. And one of those columns is a bunch of files. Like each each row is for one individual file and one column has the file name in it. Huh. And then you upload that and you upload the files and the system puts them together magically. It's not magic. It's technology. Neat. Um, yeah. So that's what I spend a lot. I spend pretty much every day. Like I have something going on in Excel. Hmm. Um, today I was ranking candidates based on a rubric that I created. Um, I'm chairing a search committee right now. I was, uh, checking people's figures to make sure we paid them the right amount of money and put in what year the money was paid for so they can, uh, pay their taxes correct. Yep. Um, that sounds like a more normal use of it, but Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I see, I, I, you know, ranking things all the time and. Sometimes it just, I keep like my vacation time. I sort of track that myself in there, mm. making sure I, uh, I have way too, I mean, okay, this is a really good problem to have. I have way too much vacation time and I can't possibly take it all. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I would like to take it all. I could, let me rephrase that. If I had a different type of job and a different work ethic, I could get through all my vacation time. Right. But as it is, I have a hard time with it. Um, so, yeah, I have to make sure I'm not stopping or throwing. Um, so yeah, I use Excel all the time. I don't, I wouldn't say I'm an expert in it, but I definitely can figure out a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, things I cannot figure out are how to forecast, you know, various financial things. Like there's that one section of it that's like forecasting. I don't know how to do that. Like I can't come up with I several different things. I will learn that. I am actually going to be on a financial feasibility. Well, I'm, I've already been on the financial feasibility task force. Uh-huh. We think that the thing is feasible. We'll find out for sure in like just over a week. When okay, you know, uh, and then in that case, we will be doing some financial planning and we will be doing some financial forecasting. So I suspect at that time I will. Um, well, maybe if you figure, figure that uh, if you figure out the forecasting, you can um, forecast where we should put our money. Is I've that already, how that works? No, I've already done that. Okay. I have it all worked out. All right. Listeners, I swear I've stolen all the money. No, it's I know where it all is. It's fine. 
Okay, good. I'm, well, I don't have it up to date, but at one point at least. Um, uh-huh. Because as John Roderick likes to say, the basic homeowner um, economic unit is $5,000. Everything you have to do in your house will cost at least $5,000, but sometimes it will cost multiples of that. Uh-huh. And um, so I've, I have a section in, in there for homeowner economic units, uh-huh. $5,000. Um, well, Hopefully, oh boy, whatever we, we do we, next. We've blown through a bunch of those. We'll be less than one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they don't really do common increments of less than one, but sometimes, very occasionally, you get lucky. Um, yeah, so that's those are some different things we do with Excel. Um, I don't know why that became the thing that everyone has to use, but I guess before then there was, um, well, there's what? There's Numbers, the Apple one. Uh-huh. I've used that sometimes, too. So it was Corel, was that one, too? Yeah, I think there were some things like that. Yeah, yeah I used that probably back a long time ago. Um so I think the best thing about Excel of all time, I'm going to read this out, was the flight simulator in Excel 97. Huh. So I don't know if anyone played the flight simulator in Excel 97. No. I did. Now at the t- now you can Google it, and it comes up with a YouTube video of what it looks like and step-by-step instructions. At the time, you had to read it in a computer magazine. Huh. And so I was reading a computer magazine, and it said, did you know there's a flight simulator hidden inside Excel? And I said, well, now that I do, I will go to the computer, and I will figure out how to do this. So if you would like to follow along at home, open up your copy of Excel 97 that you definitely have, mm-hmm. um, and open a new workbook. Press F5. Enter L97 colon X97. Press Enter. Press Tab once. Press Control-Shift while you click the Chart Wizard icon in the toolbar. This will then bring up a flight simulator that you can play right inside Excel. And then to quit, press Escape. Um, so how, how Was it fun? I mean, I'll show you a little screenshot of what it looked like. I mean, it was sort of fun, but it wasn't like a fully... It wasn't like... There yeah. was actually a Microsoft Flight Simulator program. Uh, I don't know if you ever played that. No. Okay, well... I guess, I guess in my family, we were a little bit weirder, and we liked to play Microsoft Flight Simulator, but like the whole thing. But that was like you had an actual airplane that had controls and things. Uh-huh. My, uh, my sister Elizabeth was really the only one who was any good at it. Huh. Um, but we also, you know, probably SimCity, SimFarm, yeah. SimTower I forgot existed. I had forgotten about that one. I don't uh, think I ever played that one. Yeah, apparently I've, I've been, uh, for, um, for reasons of my own, I have been... T- Reading through all my old journals and finding out some all the ways in which I used to waste time. Mm-hmm. Um, don't have that kind of time anymore to waste. Okay, so yeah, uh, yeah, that was fun to play that occasionally. Huh. Like once, just to sh- it was more fun if like showing a friend, like guess what's in here, mm-hmm. and the friend was like, "Oh my god, you are the biggest nerd ever! Stop talking to me." I'm sure mm. that's probably what was going through their head, but that's actually not true because all my friends were also pretty much the biggest nerd. So. Right. Um, yeah, the fact that we're sitting here talking about a spreadsheet program, but I think it's one of those things we all love to hate, right? But we all hate to love it too, Mm -hmm. right? I mean, for librarians, it's kind of a joke, a running joke that, um, you know, we do everything in a spreadsheet. We're always in Excel. We've always got tons of spreadsheets doing all kinds of stuff. Um, but I don't think it's just librarians. I mean, I think that, um, the human resources department where I work came up with this particularly horrific spreadsheet that everyone was supposed to fill out. And I think it's because really getting data structured is kind of hard. And if you want to do things with it, um, you kind of have a a 
you either have to use a program that's like pretty fully featured and can do a bunch of stuff or not a bunch of stuff, but like you have to use some sort of database tool. You could use access. Or you have a whole application that does a bunch of stuff. But you don't really need all that. For most things, you kind of just could do it as long as you have some structure set up. But most people aren't very good at setting up the structure. And so you end up with things that are completely useless and unwieldy. And it's like, well, you really could have just written this all in a, a list on a, a Word yeah. document if, as long as you're using a Microsoft product. Like, this doesn't take advantage of any of the features. Of, like, you don't, have no, you don't have normalized data. You don't have... Um, you're not using, you can use multiple sheets and have formulas that go between sheets. So you can do work on one page and just bring over a value from that page to a different one rather than using multiple, mm-hmm. um, you know, multiple different things. So you can actually have a lot of features of a, of a database in a spreadsheet if you set it up correctly. Um, now, there's a joke that a librarian will always use a spreadsheet when they really needed a database. Hmm. Um, I will say I have tried, to, I do often try to set up a database if I feel it's necessary. However, I've decided more often than not that that is a pointless waste of time um, because the kinds of things that a database gives you are often wasted on uh, most most projects. So like, for instance, I had, we had a project where we were trying to track 1,200 citations um, and it was in a spreadsheet that I found on Wieldy. So I said, I'm going to put it in a database. But then I did. And then there were all these things. I was like, I'm going to set up a report who has this. But then you had to, you know, click a box to do something. Or you had to, you know, like in some way or other, it, it wasn't quite what the person felt like they needed. So I kind of skipped that um, or kind of just went back to the spreadsheet. So like, mm-hmm. we'll just do it all in a spreadsheet because we can all understand it at, at a base level. I find people find access very confusing. Um, I did do a project in the past where I set up a very beautifully customized, very fancy access database. Um, I doubt it's still in use. That was a former job. But um, yeah, we have... that took a lot of work to do that. And then it was still, there were still some issues with, uh, you know, data uh, security yeah. and so on. I have no idea how to use access. It's very easy. One access program at work. And it goes through, it somehow gets data from other computer programs we use and yeah, that sorts it and puts it into a more legible format. Yeah. So that's actually a lot of times how access is used because here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of tools have something called Oracle, Oracle business data intelligence on the back end, but there are some weird licensing things with, or they have other things, but that's one that's used a lot or OBI it's Oracle business intelligence. I think OBI. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think there's some complications with the licensing and, and getting access to certain features in that. So basically there's a bunch of data in there and you can go in and write all kinds of, of SQL queries right on the data. Um, but that can be complicated, I think, A, for licensing and B, just so people don't know what they're doing. It's pretty easy. Well, it's pretty easy, but it's relatively easy to write an SQL statement in Access and it can because you can draw a lot of lines. You can actually do this in um, OBI too, but it's, but basically there's a way you can hook up the Oracle database to access and do some more complex things with the data that without giving you direct access to Oracle. Hmm. Uh, so this is a thing that's used in the state of Illinois and by most library. Well, all I, I mean, okay, let me, re- let me back up a few steps. If you use an, without getting too much into the, the details here, thank you. A lot of libraries have access to Oracle Business Intelligence to do analytics on their their data, um, 
but not all of them do in the same way. And for a lot of libraries, the way that you have access to that is through an access database. You set up a connection and then you write queries and it brings you your data and you can do stuff with it. Um, I used to do this a lot. That was a big part of my job was writing these queries and pulling data into access and doing various things with it out of this. Um, now I, the part of it that I do have to do, I can't really do in the same way. We don't have access to it in the same way. Uh, and the part that I didn't enjoy doing, I have other people do now. Hmm. So, um, so I don't have to do those kinds of analytics anymore. Um, but yeah, so that's not Excel, but then of course you put something in there and then you often have to get it out into Excel because you can do something else with it. Yeah. And then put it back in. Uh, and the nice thing about access is you can basically just paste a spreadsheet in and it can do some stuff with it. Okay. Um, it can kind of, you say, here's a sprite sheet. And I'll be like, oh, this kind of looks like this. So if I could get a list of, say, four-digit numbers and how often they appeared, I could do something with it in, in Access? Well, really what you want to do in that case is you want to create a pivot table in Excel. <sighs> now, we haven't even talked about pivot tables yet. Have you ever, no. have you ever made a pivot table? Uh, maybe in high school. Okay, so pivot table, um, you take data of various, so you basically have rows, columns, fields, values, and various kinds. Yeah. So this allows you to take your data from various sources that's like, basically, like, let's say you have a numerical data of, or not even numerical data, let's say you have a list of 4,000 numbers, and you want to see how many times an individual number appears. You think, you know, you know, a lot of them are going to appear multiple times, but not all of them. Mm -hmm. You want to just get a list of, like, how many appear the most. Um, I feel like this is a situation I need to solve pretty often. I don't know why. Why do I, I don't know how to get myself into these things, but anyway... Um, that, that is a scenario I often have to do. More often than not, what it's, it's not really numbers, it's words that I'm looking for, but sometimes it's numbers. Okay, yeah. But basically you can take all these and you can say like, hey, for the, for the value of, I want to see everything, I want to have a, a row called numbers, and then that will take all of the numbers out of um, the column. You say I want everything out of here, and then I want to group that, they want to, you know, you want to group them together, and then you want to have a count of the number, like the count of that value. I'm not describing this correctly. Don't try to, don't try to click on things based on what I've said. But hmm. it makes more sense, I think, when you start getting into it. So a lot of times, um, you do want to see, like, hey, I want to know how many times someone did this thing, and like, what's the percentage of that compared to the, the total? Um, so that's often the kind of chart that that I will be making in there if I'm making a pivot table. Um, and again, a lot of times it's counting numbers of things. Um, yeah. This was the research project I did a couple of years back. That was the big thing we were doing. We're counting numbers and then of numbers. Sometimes something appeared in, in somewhat normalized data. I also do a lot of that in open refine, but I'm so not. So you could see like from month to month, how many. Yeah. Well, a lot of times, times would be like, for, yeah. Or you can okay. say like in the first quarter of 2016, for instance, people typed this particular search string this many times. Into, yeah. Um, but a lot of that, again, I said, I like to use open refine for that because it's much faster and mm -hmm. um, easier because it's designed for doing stuff like that. It's designed for doing things like text analysis. So that's, that's what you usually find me in. But sometimes I really just need a good old fashioned pivot table. Hmm. And yeah, I, that's, that's what I would do a lot. Okay. You can also do things like to-do lists and calendars right. and so on, um, which I've done from time to time, but it's not really my preferred method. I've also made Gantt charts in Excel. You know what a Gantt chart is, right? No. Okay, Gantt chart. <laughs> I'm trying to. You could have a degree in uh, um, whatever. I, I just by the need end to count 24 months. 
Okay, yeah, you, so we'll, we'll get that set up for you. That's fine. I can do that for you. Um, but a Gantt chart is where you have um, a project. It's like Zeus and project management and describes mm -hmm. like what stage the project needs to happen at what time and often various other things. Um, so what I do instead is I have a program that hooks into my Asana and it makes a Gantt chart out of my Asana projects. Okay. That was you. Mike just gave me a look. Like I, I just said. You make me. a Gantt from your Asana. Yeah. I know exactly what those <laughs> are. Yes. I'll show you sometime. It's very interesting to me only. Okay. Um, but in the past, if I'm working on a project, I will often do it in there. Um, some, but right now I just usually write it out like with words because um, a lot of times if I'm like, well, here's this beautiful chart of when we'll have this project done by, and then and someone says, but when is when do I have to have the thing to do? I was like, all right, here's a bunch of due dates with subcategories mm -hmm. for each thing and who's responsible for it. Um, I think Gantt charts are more for like showing it in PowerPoint presentations at we're just like the Microsoft show here today. That's Buy us for, for, for seven seven point five billion. Yeah, I mean, but it's you could use them probably. But I like to use them because I have a basically I can just color in how much of a project I've finished. Mm -hmm. That's I mean I don't use all the sophisticated things, but um, there's like all kinds of project management things about it that I don't really understand. I mean I've I've read it in project management textbooks, but. Hmm. You know, whatever. Yeah. It's fine. There's a different program called Microsoft Project that will make your Gantt charts automatically for you. Mm -hmm. um, but I have rarely had access to that particular tool. So hmm. that's okay. All right. Um, so we, did we answer your question about Excel? Yeah. Did you know how much boring stuff I know? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no surprise to you what, no. a, uh, what a hopeless windbag I am. I mean, there's only so much I can talk about. I think for legal reasons. Okay. But <laughs> yeah, me too. I have legal <laughs> obligations surrounding my work too. Well, maybe maybe I can tell you about some of the stuff I do sometimes. Okay, I was very interested to hear about that twenty-four month thing. So well, we'll, we'll get into it on a future got, episode. Got some more problems we need help with. Yeah, I was. Most of them are getting people to understand the difference between we are having everyone is having lots of problems with all of these, and can you please do this for me this one time? Yeah, that I seem like... to spend a lot of time saying to people, hey, this is a major issue for everyone. We should be proactive and address this. And they say, well, give me the social security number and I'll figure it out for you. And I'll figure this one out for you in response, which is not what I need. Yeah, I could talk a lot about collaborative um, <sighs> troubleshooting. I've had I have quite a bit of experience with that. Okay, good. I We'll talk about that sometime, too. Yeah, I want to make sure I'm doing everything I can, because then I, I know how mad to be at other people for not doing their jobs. I will say, though, sometimes it is just easier to figure it out rather than solve the larger problem. You wouldn't believe the ridiculous, mundane stuff I do yeah, to get out of solving the larger problem. If I have 25 of the smaller problems, you know, maybe it would be easier... To just we'll do an episode on technical debt sometime. Talk to everyone at once and explain to them what you want. Yes. All yes. right. Well, I have tons of email to catch up on. Okay. And 
but I it's won't. It's very late now. I won't. I'm just going to go to bed. Okay. But let's I'll say I was soon. going to check my email or like yes. deal with all my email. Uh, I would see all of the delightful comments. For, no, um, you can look at our face. Why would you? I just want to get emails about our Facebook page. Usually Facebook yeah. being like, please update your page. And I'm like, whatever, Facebook. Do what I want. Um, so Facebook.com slash MM Explains. We uh-huh. often post links to things we talk about. Yeah. I hope you'll put that dinosaur thing up. I will. Um, you can find us on Twitter. I'm at Margaret underscore Heller. I'm M underscore Birnbaum. And uh, you can... I suppose rate and review us on SoundCloud and iTunes. I mean, if you want. Yeah. Someday we need to do an episode on SoundCloud rappers because this is like a big thing right now and I can't figure it out. So I need some help. Um, not right now. It's been a big thing for a number of years. Um, I, I don't know if I'm the right guy to ask about that. No, I don't think either of us are the right no. person to ask about That's why it's a perfect topic for our show. Uh, anyway, um, but we'll be back in a couple weeks to explain some more things to you. Bye. Bye.